Everybody and welcome in to our special SummerSlam Good Karma Wrestling Show. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast that you could find anywhere and also on YouTube as well, youtube.com, and look for Good Karma Wrestling. This is a review for SummerSlam on Twitter at GKW underscore wrestling. I've got the poll question right here. Um, what did you like and what did you dislike most about SummerSlam and your letter grade for the show? So far, as we do this, 41% of you say that SummerSlam in Detroit on Saturday was a B. 29% of you say an A. And 20% of you say a C. So the majority of our people on Good Karma Wrestling believe that SummerSlam was a B. And I would agree that SummerSlam was a B. And let's go through the card here. Uh, from Ford Field, they say 59,000 people uh, got a chance to be there in attendance. Who knows if that's a gimmick number or not. I just know that it sounds like the fans had a really good time for the most part. And I had a pretty good time watching SummerSlam as well. Let's go through the card. So my favorite match for SummerSlam in Detroit for 2023 was Cody Rhodes against Brock Lesnar. It was a great story that was told because you know that this whole journey for Cody Rhodes is resolve, getting through the loss of his dad, getting through the, the understanding that his dad never won the WWF, WWE heavyweight championship. And so the story was, is that it's him against Brock Lesnar. And, hey, you know how close Brock Lesnar and the WWE have been over the years. Brock Lesnar defeating The Undertaker out of nowhere in New Orleans and WrestleMania. And some of these matches were Brock Lesnar just wins out of nowhere. Short matches, long matches, whatever. But this was an opportunity for Cody Rhodes to show his resolve. And we just kept seeing him beating the 10 count over and over again. And it made Cody look strong. It made Brock Lesnar look strong, as a matter of fact, too, because Brock gave Cody a beating. But the story was told that clearly Cody Rhodes is in a position where he's like, you know what? I'm not going to get counted out. I'm not going to get beat. I'm going to be able to overcome this thing. And he did against Brock Lesnar. You know what was interesting about it, the match afterwards is Brock Lesnar raising the arm of Cody Rhodes and saying, this is the winner, this is the man. And then you saw at a glimpse as they had that big camera shot looking down at the ring of Brock Lesnar shaking hands with the fans and giving his gloves away and giving some of his gear away, as if this might be one of the last times we see Brock Lesnar in WWE. We keep hearing that he's going to be finishing up pretty soon. I don't know if this is going to be one of his last matches for 2023, but I just thought that it was a great story that was told about the resolve of uh, Cody Rhodes, and he beat Brock Lesnar. So now I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for Cody Rhodes. Brock? I'm not sure how he fits in, you know, after his battles with Bobby Lashley and battles with Cody Rhodes. Uh, I don't know what's next for him, but I'm interested to find out what's next for Cody Rhodes. So just because of the story that was told, that was my favorite match uh, for SummerSlam. Other terrific matches with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor for the WWE World's Heavyweight Championship. I thought it was a fantastic match, and you knew it was going to be, right? You got two strong wrestlers in Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. I said with my partners Gabe and Brian this past Thursday as we were previewing uh, SummerSlam, I said, you know, if Finn Balor does not win this thing, 
Now, what does that say for Finn? If he does not, after he's got seven painted on his shoulder, talking about seven years ago, the injury that he suffered, if he doesn't win it this time, then what's next for him? Clearly, there was a disconnect between the two of Damian Priest and uh, of Finn Balor. There was a problem between the two. It has been a problem, but there was some miscommunication several times, and it ended up being Seth Rollins being the winner. I really thought that Finn could win this one. I thought. But so now, what happens? Once again, we'll have that view when they all come together on Monday Night Raw of a North American champion, and uh, you have a Money in the Bank winner, you have a women's champion, and you got Finn Balor just with nothing. No championships, and looks like one of, one of his last times to have a chance to win the championship. It's crazy, right? But I'm just wondering what happens now with Finn. Finn is going to be out of the judgment day, right? I mean, I think that that's going to happen. But can you see Finn as a babyface trying to fight from underneath? And then who's he fighting if he does become a babyface? I, I, I don't know. I just thought that the match was solid. Uh, I knew there was going to be some outside interference. There's just no way that Dirty Dom was just going to stay out in the back. Um, there's just no way that Rhea Ripley was going to stay in the back, and they got involved. But you could just see plan A and plan B, what they were talking about at SummerSlam. It didn't work for the Judgment Day. And once again, Finn Balor loses. And so this is a longer topic that I'm sure we'll have on Thursday for Good Karma Wrestling. But the one thing I'll ask is, if not now for Finn, when? Don't you think the Prince deserves to be a champion at some point? He's been a good soldier for a long time and a solid veteran uh, for this company. And you would think, how complete would it be if Seth Rollins lost and Finn Balor's a champion? Now you've got championships and you've got a championship, uh, you know, in senior money in the bank, you know, possibly for, um, you know, for... Uh, a guy that I think that deserves it in Damian Priest. So we'll keep our eyes on that. But I really like that match a lot too. Gunther against Drew McIntyre. There's a theme here of what I'm going to talk about tonight. But uh, another a hard-hitting affair you knew it would be I, is one of the, my favorite matches that I saw uh, on Saturday night. But just like I'm asking about Finn Balor, I'll ask you about Drew McIntyre. So when is it going to be McIntyre's time? I've said many times that at Clash of the uh, Castle, I thought, hey, if if there was ever going to be a title change, it's now time for Drew McIntyre. He's got to be more than just the champion during the pandemic in front of no fans. I mean, seriously, Drew McIntyre, another solid wrestler, but has to fight from underneath, and he loses to Gunther. Now, again, it was a really good match, but just like I'm asking about Finn Balor, I'm asking about McIntyre. When will be his time? Again, a solid match. I'm happy for Gunther's run here because I watched him as Walter, watched him in NXT UK, watched him in the Indies in the UK, a a fantastic performer. And he didn't need outside interference. He did a one-on-one, and it was great. So you could tell that Triple H has been pushing Gunther right to the moon, and rightfully so. It it wouldn't hurt Gunther if he would have lost the championship to Drew McIntyre, though, on Saturday night. But Gunther continues. And just as we ask about Roman Reigns, I got this in a, in my mailbox segment, and you can hear that in the archives of the podcast when people are asking, when is Roman Reigns going to lose the championship? You know, Who's going to beat Roman Reigns for the championship? Who's going to beat Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship? Another question, right? Uh, you know, When will he lose the championship? 
And I look trying to take it off of him, but I just think that McIntyre and guys like Finn Balor, solid contenders, but will they ever be able to have a championship run for a long period of time? Time will tell on that. But again, an, a, one of my favorite matches that I saw on there too on the SummerSlam card. Um, the Women's Championship with Asuka and Bianca Belair and Charlotte. I knew all three ladies would work hard. Uh, I thought that Asuka would be able to retain somehow, some way, but that was not the case. The story of Bianca Belair, that sound, that thud when she went outside, when she was over the top rope, I thought, did she hit her head on the stairs? Did she hit her knee on the stairs? She was selling that greatly. It was amazing. Even Liv Morgan was like, boy, she's overselling because uh, Liv Morgan likes to do that. I'm watching this, and with Charlotte in there, you know it's going to be a solid match. Oscar professional, Bianca Belair was great. Uh, when Corey Graves, and once again, it's always one of these WWE things. You can always tell that's not a real, real injury. When Corey Graves, when they see um, Bianca Belair struggling with her knee, and at some point, Corey Graves says, okay, guys, take the camera off of her. The story's in the ring. I'm like, okay, then Bianca's going to come back. And boy, she came back. If you are a Bianca Belair fan, you love that finish because – we talk about resolve with Cody, the same thing here that happened in this matchup resolve with uh, Bianca Belair. She has this knee injury and she's able to overcome and win the championship. I'm like Bianca with another run. And I know that the Bianca stands had to be really happy about that. And again, fantastic match about a, you know, an a minus to a B plus match. And all of a sudden the music hits. Uh Oh, Damage controls, music hits, and you see Bailey and you see EO Sky. I mean, they're taking a run for it through Ford Field. They're coming up the aisle fast, right? And I said, oh, God, there's going to be a cash in. I didn't think about EO Sky, and there she is. EO Sky is there, and she runs up the ramp. And it wasn't one of these Mike Kyoto things, and I was teasing Mike Kyoto because, you know, remember in the past when he was a referee, he would just be asking a question. He's got the briefcase. He goes, well, you want to cash this in now? Wait, you want to – You mean, are you asking me to cash – no. Immediately, the cash in happened. The briefcase was going to the referee. Their bell rang, and Bianca Belair, just like that, lost her championship to EO Sky. It actually gives more credence to damage control now that EO Sky is the champion. She's been holding that briefcase for a couple of weeks, and people believed in her. And good for EO Sky because she uh, is going to have, a, I think, a solid championship run. And now there she is with, um, with Bailey uh, and Dakota Kai. It was good to see her come back, too, coming off of injury. Don't know when she's going to be available, but all three of them together – I just remember when they were all coming together for that big event for WrestleMania, and I'm like, wow, you know, this feels fresh, feels new. And so Damage Control has a championship uh, in their midst again. EO Sky is a champion. I think that's really cool. And now for EO Sky, she's got plenty of contenders to take on. Just give her an opportunity to wrestle. That's the whole thing. You know, we see this on wrestling uh, Twitter all the time, Wrestling X all the time about how we would love to see more women's matches or give them more storylines that are, are of interest. Hopefully this will be uh, great for EO Sky as she's a champion. Another fantastic match. No surprise there that all three women worked hard. EO Sky cashes in. And then you get to Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. 
can I just tell you, it just never works when you do something other than professional wrestling in a wrestling arena, in a wrestling ring. The ladies tried to provide uh, an MMA match. You just can't do that in a wrestling ring. First 10 seconds, so there's fans are, are screaming boring because they are wrestling fans for the most part at Ford Field. And they came to see a wrestling match. They didn't come to see MMA. And I'm not saying that all wrestling fans hate MMA, but just the way they were going about it, it just, I understood with the psychology of it because that's their background. But the one thing about MMA, as you know, because I'm sure that you've watched it as well as I have, there's going to be lulls in the action. There's going to be lulls in the action. It happens all the time. And it happened in this match, unfortunately, to those ladies. And Shayna Baszler goes over, as, as I think we all knew that was going to happen. Shayna Baszler goes over. And um, you, you just can't do that MMA stuff. You just cannot do that in a wrestling ring. So, But I, I will say this, though. The build, I thought, was very good. The last videos that we saw going into the match of Shayna Baszler crying or there's a tear and talking to being personal, that's really the essence of pro wrestling. If you're going to have something like this, have a backstory, and that backstory was real uh, as far as the relationship that Rousey and Baszler have. So I just thought that that was really cool. I thought that was great. Uh, but the match, it was the worst match at SummerSlam because it really wasn't a wrestling match. It was an MMA match, and it just... You just got, you know, we've seen this with boxing matches over the years, and we've seen this with, you know, these type of stipulation matches, and some work, but when it comes to something like this, it just did not. The Battle Royal with LA Knight winning. LA Knight fans, are you happy that LA Knight was able to win? Because he won. That's exactly what we were looking for, right? LA Knight was a guest on Good Karma Wrestling. You can go to YouTube. Go to YouTube.com. Look for Good Karma Wrestling. Hit that subscribe button. We're just, I think, eight or nine away from 400. So, again, we're building slowly on the YouTube. But you can get a chance to watch that LA Knight interview. Very great conversation with him talking about how it's a stacked uh, card in which he didn't have a match, but he was in the Battle Royal. Battle Royal was fine. I mean, I've seen better, but I, what it comes down to is what's at, at the end. And it was Sheamus and it was L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight wins and it was a big pop. People are rooting for L.A. Knight. And it is amazing to me, the same L.A. Knight stuff that we saw from him in Impact and N.W.A. and Ring of Honor and other places that he's been. Uh, he's doing it in a big stage now in the WWE and he's getting over. And, you know, whether it's the promo or just some of the wrestling things he, do, he does, you know, fans are into L.A. Knight because they're into something new. They're also into underdogs. And I think that the WWE universe, the wrestling fans that watch WWE, look at L.A. Knight as something new and kind of like an underdog. And so you you know how this works. Your WWE's already got settled what they want to do probably from now to the end of the year. Unless Vince McMahon sticks his beak in there, that very well could be the case. And he changes things because we know that Vince changes scripts, whether or not he has a bad spine or not. Uh, he'll find a way to change the scripts. But for the most part, I think Triple H and the uh, writing staff know exactly the direction they want to go. They had no idea that L.A. Knight would be this big. They had no idea. But it's kind of like the fans, you know, the diehard WWE fan is watching and they're like, wait a minute. This guy is in maximum male models. We know he's better than this. And he changes LA Knight and the fans are behind him. And they're like, you know what? Yes. 
now you're being who you who we want you to be, and I think that that resonates with the fans. So LA Knight was the winner. Logan Paul also won his matchup, as we will know. We knew it was going to happen that Logan Paul is going to go viral and talk about um, his win now at SummerSlam. It is really tremendous that someone can walk off the street and have these great matches. It's whether it's him or Bad Bunny. I know that blows the minds of the old school wrestling fan. I'm an old school wrestling fan, and I can't even argue with it. I mean, Logan Paul, whether it's just a lot of practice or through osmosis or whatever, even Ronda Rousey, her first match in WWE, I find it fascinating how these wrestlers can be able to come off the street and then, boom, be able to get it and just almost be flawless in the ring. It is unbelievable. So um, Logan Paul wins his matchup. No surprise there. So let's get to the main event. So tribal combat, huh? Tribal combat. I knew that tribal combat, this matchup between Jey Uso uh, and Roman, Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship and to be the head of the table, I knew this was a no disqualification match. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want to, but it is a no disqualification match. That's what it was. And I watched it, and I just thought they had those two had plenty of time. I thought Jey Uso at time was a dumb baby face, uh, where, yes, he got his pound of flesh. That's the thing that that's one of my takeaways is that he got his pound of flesh. The chair shots, the cane shots, tables, everything. I mean, he he got to Roman, but Roman still won. So I'm sure that the fans are happy that Roman got his ass kicked by his cousin, Jey Uso. But once again, as we were talking about this past Thursday, Jey Uso did not have a whole bunch of matches, singles matches, to make you even believe that he can beat the tribal chief. See, that's the whole thing with this. Like, that's the main event. And I didn't know the shenanigans that was going to happen, like, toward the end of the match. But just on the surface, Jey Uso against Roman Reigns. So it would have been interesting to see Jey Uso beat a number of strong uh, contenders or just WWE wrestlers where it's like, wow, you know, you know, besides just beating his own brother. Okay. So he beat Solo Sokola. It's great. But could you imagine Jey Uso being on a roll to make you believe that he could beat Roman Reigns? I just think the crowds have been tepid when it comes to Jey Uso as a solo act. Because we have not seen him win these big matches. They, we, hey, the bloodline, let me make sure it's clear. The bloodline has been fantastic. And it is one of the greatest, if not the greatest storyline of my lifetime as a wrestling fan. But nothing tonight made me believe that Jay Uso was going to be uh, the tribal chief. And even though that he was physical and it was solid matchup, and it was a really a grudge match between the two. Roman came out on top, and the whole hallmark of all of this with the tribal chief with Roman Reigns is is that it is very difficult for Roman Reigns to win a match by himself. Needs Paul Heyman, needs Solo, needs the Usos to win. This is the same formula as the Four Horsemen trying to protect Ric Flair. It's the same formula of so many others that's been part of a faction in which they need the faction to help win. Judgment Day, as is happening now. New Age Outlaws and the whole DX thing for a while, that was also part of the thing. NWO with Ogan, same thing. That the lead guy needs help. And the same thing here with Roman Reigns. People always ask me, as I just said before, 
who's going to be Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Uh, the the time that Roman will uh, lose it is when there's nobody around, where it's Roman against somebody else, and Roman is struggling the entire match, and then Roman loses. But he never struggles because he's always got help. Now, the rub with Jimmy Uso. Jimmy Uso, who is on the shelf, comes in out of nowhere and blindsides his own brother, Jay Uso. So, okay. So Jimmy Uso is on the same side as Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman and uh, Solo Sokoa. So where does that leave Jay Uso? Jay's out there by himself. This is why the storyline just keeps rolling. Just keeps rolling these different ways. Okay, so now, so I'm sure they came together. So, all right, Jimmy, so now you turn on Jay. Okay, so now what happens? This is why it's so intriguing. So now I can't wait until Friday to find out what Jay Uso is going to do. Who's going to be his tag partner? Well, Solo, for whatever reason, continues to look at Roman Reigns cross-eyed. He continues to like turn at him like he's going to snap. And I just like, and I know that Solo Sokoa has come across as a volatile competitor. So could Solo turn and then side with Jay Uso? I, I, who knows? But I just know that Jay is a solo act is nowhere near like Seth Rollins or Cody Rhodes or Drew McIntyre or or some others in this company. Jay Uso's got to get hot and win some solo ma- some uh, single matches, uh, and if not, he's going to have to find a tag team partner because Jay Uso cannot do it by himself. Even though he looks strong. He was beating up on Roman Reigns. He just can't do it by himself. He has not had enough solo experience to be able to, uh, to for the audience to know, oh, man, this is a top guy. You can have a, you can have a nickname of main event Jey Uso, but you may not be the main event. He might not. I mean, he's the main event on SummerSlam, but is he a guy that you'd go to pay to see in solo competition? That's the question. And the WWE has to prove that's going to be the case. So uh, overall, as I mentioned, I thought that SummerSlam was a B. Um, and um, I just really like that Cody Rhodes-Brock Lester match a lot. So let's talk a little bit about the match that we should have seen. And that's Trish Stratus against Becky Lynch. And I know that on wrestling social media, people are pissed at this, that this match was not on SummerSlam. I also understand why there was a battle royal because Slim Jim is back for the first time since Randy Macho Man Savage was alive. And so they chose the money over a decent feud, uh, above average feud that they spent a lot of time putting together. This couldn't be part of the pre-show. No, this can be part of the show. They couldn't extend it another 15 minutes. And I know that the prevailing thought is Ronda Rousey against Shayna Baszler could have been taken off and put it on raw and you could have put in trish and becky lynch because becky's very popular but becky was not there becky was not on the show the tag team champions were not on the show i don't know how you have a SummerSlam and don't have kevin owens and Sami Zayn, and not those guys are not on it defending their tag team championships look i know that the wwe is different from AEW because it's a one-night affair SummerSlam. they did well at the box office i'm sure the merchandise was through the roof but the WWE fan that traveled throughout the Midwest or how whoever flew into Detroit, they didn't get a chance to see all their favorites. And that might be the difference between AEW and WWE in that regard in which 
you did not get a chance to see all your favorites because they shrunk the card. They uh, gave you the battle royal at the beginning because it was sponsored. Uh, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the elements were sponsored by the WWE. Rocket Mortgage and everything else that was happening there. So, hey, they're making money hand out of their fist. That's why it's always weird when you see WWE cutting wrestlers, cutting talent, because it's like, you ain't going to cut anybody because the, the, the sponsorship money, if nothing else, the television money that's coming in through Fox and USA. But whatever. I mean, they did what they thought was best, the WWE brass. But I just... You spend so much time watching Becky Lynch, and you're saying, okay, how come this match is not taking place? So there's that. But uh, as I mentioned, I just thought that it was solid. I knew it was going to be a a very good card. Uh, I always say, you know, when people complain about the build and they talk about the matches and they say, well, why is this? Why is that? And I always say this. When you put it in the ring, it's going to be fine. And for the most part, you know, 95% of it when he was in the ring, it was solid because the men and women were working hard. They had their working shoes on and they worked hard. So I was happy to see that card. And uh, don't forget, you continue to vote on the poll question that we have at GKW underscore wrestling. What did you like and what did you dislike about uh, SummerSlam and also your letter grade? And so I think most of you agree with me that it was a B. So did you hear this story, by the way, as we do a little news and notes? Did you see the story about... Um, how the Raw and SmackDown booths are going to change again. So Kevin Patrick will team uh, with Corey Graves and Michael Cole on SmackDown. And Monday Night Raw will be called by Wade Barrett and Michael Cole. So Cole's going to be on both shows. Um, (laughs) You know... It's hard to replace legends. And I know for this generation, especially as of late, people are looking at Michael Cole as a goat. I've never thought that. I've never considered Michael Cole just this great uh, announcer. I think that he's come into his own uh, since Vince has left and he's no longer there screaming in his ear. Uh, I know that when Cole is left to his own devices, he could be a very good announcer because I've seen that from time to time. But uh, I just, you know, Kevin Patrick is, is good. Uh, if it's a soccer match, wrestling deserves all the energy it can because the men and women that work hard, they deserve the energy from the announcers. And um, so when I read, oh, they like Kevin Patrick. Well, if you like Kevin Patrick, then why does Michael Cole have to be a third man in the booth to hold Kevin Patrick's hand um, on that show? along with Corey Graves. So Cole has to work twice now on fr- Mondays and Fridays because Kevin Patrick is not getting the job done, clearly. Because otherwise, it would just be Cole working on Mondays and he can just go home. Now he's got to work Fridays and Mondays now. You know, there's only one solution to this whole announcer thing with the WWE. I don't know. Maybe you could have just fired JBL and kept Mauro Ranallo when Mauro was getting bullied by JBL, allegedly. I don't know. Seems easy to me. Mauro Ranallo had all the energy and, and loves the business and has been in the business before. As a youngster, when he was in Vancouver, he was a wrestling manager. He's a great announcer for MMA, boxing, anything else, combat sports. Um, but yet, he had to go. 
because he was calling everything. He called too many moves and he was un- he wasn't like Michael Cole. So ridiculous. That was the answer right there. But somehow some way they let him go and now they've still been reeling. This company has been reeling since Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler to try to find the footing in the broadcast booth. And now Michael has to worry. And again, Michael now is considered like, like one of the greatest of all time. And I, I just think that's funny because that's not even close to being true. Um, I think he's fine for the sports entertainment stuff he's doing with the WWE over the years. He's, you know, he's been a good soldier for Vince McMahon, but um, it's funny. You had a guy in Mauro Ornalo, you just let him go. <laughs> you had Joey Styles at one point. Yeah, Joey, you got to tell more stories. You can't actually do play-by-play. I just think that that whole thing is just ridiculous. Don't forget, you can catch our podcast as well. Wherever you get your podcast, look for Good Karma Wrestling. we got so many great interviews. We talked to Cody Rhodes. We have, uh, as I mentioned, we just talked to L.A. Knight. Um, we uh, talked to Billy Corrigan, the president of the NWA, and there's so many other interviews that we've had. And, of course, our regular show every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. If you've not checked out our show, check out our show. Look for Good Karma Wrestling. Follow us on Twitter at GKW underscore wrestling. We have fun talking about everything pro wrestling and uh, being able to talk about all the storylines. We're doing this pop-up special here for about SummerSlam. We'll have another one coming up uh, for All In, probably another one for All Out as well for AEW, and, of course, more to come with WWE. Wrestling is hot again, and this is why we're going to super serve you as much as possible right here on Good Karma Wrestling, giving you what you want, wrestling coverage. So I hope that you uh, have a great weekend, and, again, give us your thoughts uh, Hit uh, that GKW underscore wrestling on X or on Twitter, whatever you call it. Uh, Make sure that you uh, check us out. And I'd love to get your feedback on SummerSlam from Detroit. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk to you again on Thursday for another edition of Good Karma Wrestling.